Show number 123 of Look at His Butt, LT and JK Talk Trek. Welcome, listeners. Welcome. To the merry month of March. I want to be able to do it like um, the voice that they used to have on AOL that would say welcome. You've got mail. But there, there was a woman who also said, welcome. I don't remember her. Yeah, I, I had that on my computer, my Mac SE+. Plus. <laughs> See, I remember some application, maybe it was AOL, where they had actually like graphically used the idea of the information superhighway, and you clicked a little thing to... Uh, you know, it was a road going onto a highway, uh-huh. and you clicked to get onto the information oh superhighway. That's hilarious. I saw someone posted on. Um, Might have been CompuServe. I was on that for a while, too. <laughs> on somebody's Twitter stream, and they linked to an article that was published in 1995 in Newsweek or something. It was about why the internet won't succeed. <laughs> There's too much information, and it's not organized. That was the main complaint. <laughs> part of the appeal. Well, yes. <laughs> oh, that's pretty Obviously, funny. yes. Okay. So, um, boy, do we have a load of shit to talk about. But first of all, yes. I want to make an announcement. Oh. Listeners, listen carefully to this show, as you do to all the shows. <laughs> but at some point, there is going to be some really interesting music. Maybe uh-huh. you already heard it. Maybe it was at the beginning. Maybe uh-huh. it's coming up during the break. Maybe it will come in as the opening music to a particular topic. <gasps> that's but true. But there's going to be... Some really great it's, music. It's pretty interesting music. Yeah. Okay. Okay. The very first thing is we're going to do a live show. We are going to do several live shows. The big one. The big one. The should big we do one. the big one first? We should do the big one first, I think. The big one is your own butt girls <laughs> are going to be performing in the San Francisco Fringe Festival. Yay, Fringe. We're going to be so fringy. We are. We're going to be on the fringe. We're going to be edgy and alternative. That's what Fringe is all about. So for people who don't know, um, the Fringe Festival started in Edinburgh. Right. Because it was meant to be an alternative to the regular theater scene and the performing scene. And it was basically anybody who could put together a show, pick it up and do a show. And the whole thing is that it takes place over like two weeks and there's stuff happening every night, multiple things happening every night. So you basically wander around and just go see all this amazing live stuff. And Eddie Izzard was, right. was at the fringe in you know when he was starting yeah, out. Well, I mean, lots and lots of lots of great stuff have come out and of the fringe. And now there are fringe festivals in many cities around the world. Mm-hmm. And there's one in San Francisco. And we've been hoping to get in for the past couple of years. And this year we got in. So That's we're right. Very excited about that. Now we don't. Um, it's September. You told me, and I forgot. Like eighth to nineteenth or something. During that time, we will be doing four performances. We do not know our exact dates or times, mm-hmm. but they will all be in uh, San Francisco, right in the, the downtown mm-hmm. theater area, and it's going to be so cheap for you to come see us because the tickets are only $8, and here's what you're going to really love. We get the $8. <laughs> that goes to us. So we'll make at least $8, I think. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I think hey, more. Um, speaking of us, yes, and keeping up with us, us, yeah. Us has a Facebook page now. Oh, that's right! I totally forgot that. And I just created it that. the other day, and we've got fans, mm-hmm. and they're not all people I know. 
Very few of them, in fact, are names that I recognize. So those of you, especially those whose names I will recognize, you want to go to that Facebook page, yeah. and we got to you know, get that linked up. That's on right. Our... I'll, I'll put it on the, the blog. I think you had um, actually put up a blog entry. Right. I will put it along the right-hand column where all the, yes. the other interesting stuff goes, so we'll have that. Um, but there, we will be doing how many performances? Four. four. So four performances at the Fringe, and, you know, God knows if you wanted to, you could see us more than once because the show will probably be a little bit different from night to night. Well, and there's also a thing, uh, some friends of mine who did the Fringe a few years ago told me um, they do at least like one Saturday night somewhere where it's like bits of the Fringe or mm -hmm. something. And she said it's a really good thing if you can get in that because people come and see a, a flavor. So there might actually be one mm -hmm. other opportunity if we can swing that. Right. And if you came and saw us... At any of the other places that we've done, it will not be the same show. No. Parts of it may be similar, but there will be other things, new things. Right, and it's going to be like a 45-minute show. Mm -hmm. So there will be uh, several little sketches and yes. and uh, us blathering. And, and just the usual. And uh, probably a guest appearance by Big Cardboard Kirk. <laughs> I think so. Oh, I think so. Oh, and we have... You know, fabulous costumes. If you saw us at in Palo Alto, we, we, our costumes are slightly different now. And, and better. And better. Definitely better. <laughs> the show now Way has what better. you would call production values. It's true. And more tribbles. And we're in 3D. <laughs> So we, and HD, and any D you can imagine. We are so excited Triple about Triple D. This. So um, we'll be posting all of that information as we have it, and obviously putting it on the blog and letting people know what we're doing. So please do come and see us if you get the chance. It, it will be worth your while. Eight bucks. Eight, Eight bucks. bucks. That's less than a Eight movie. Bucks. It is. Now, speaking of live performances, there is, this year, Shatfest. Yes. Which is taking place on May 20th. At the Vine Cinema in Livermore, California, which is not too far from here. Right, right. <laughs> um, it's back in the East Bay. It's not up in that Siberian cold part of San Francisco, although we did have the most fabulous hamburgers at, ever at there. Bill's place. So we will be there. We will be doing sort of our, our little emceeing, sort of telling Shtick. jokes, sticky stuff, giving away prizes perhaps. Um, we'll just have to see what happens. And he didn't say what the movies are yet. Did yes, he, he did. Oh, oh, what, what are they? The movies are, brrr, maybe this is where that good music should oh. come in. Okay, the movies are Impulse. Of course, he has to show Impulse. And... Comanche Blanco! Oh, I, 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 I. Yes, and this is a theater where you can have beer and wine and, and food. Pizza so and everything. Lots of fun with Will the Thrill and Monica Tiki Goddess, mm -hmm. and we will, you know, be there and doing a couple of minutes and we'll looking forward to seeing all of you. It's going to be great. Um, and possibly we'll be doing something during the summer. Yes, we might do something at the Yerba Buena Festival mm -hmm. again. Also, it's holiday season. It's true. It's coming up. It's coming up. Shatmoy. Shatmoy. Shatmoy weekend. And it's official. We are going to have a Shatmoy weekend. And if it's just me and Lena, that's fine. <laughs> Fuck you all. Because we are a party on our own. But um, we are going to be staying at a hotel. What's it called? The Grosner. The Grosner. Gros, grob. It's Grosner. Really? Yeah. I thought it was Grovner. Anyway, <laughs> it's a hotel in San Francisco. It's on um, Elegant Knob Hill. Elegant Knob Hill. Yes. You can stay in a, a cheap place if mm -hmm. you want. Um, 
and we are going to be podcasting mm -hmm. and talking and looking at things like butts and viewing Bill stuff, and we will so probably much. have some sort of like room party yes. that Saturday night. Yes, we will. Um, you cannot stay with us. No. But we're not charging you anything. That's right. It's a party. It's a big party. It's, it's going to be so much fun. It's a big party, and certainly our local friends, we're hoping, will be able to drop by. And yeah. you know, if somebody else like Maynard wanted to come, wanted to come, you uh, know, that would be great. Well, I think that we should be setting up some time during that weekend while we're there to do some of these interviews that we want to do so badly. It's the perfect yes, opportunity. Yes, it if really is. They'll have internet. We can do our interviews. It'll be great. So I'm hoping that we can talk to all the people that we want to that weekend. Mm -hmm. And if you come to the, the weekend with us, we'll be interviewing you, and you're going to be on the show. That's right. And if there's enough of you, it'll be like a live audience. Yeah. You know, and you can do the canned laughter yeah. and the applause. We'll have little buttons to press on the computer with all Well, we won't have to because we'll have an audience doing our canned we'll laughter. We'll have a big cue that'll say, laugh, <laughs> laugh, applaud. <laughs> Throw be money. Fun. So we'll have, we'll have, um, well, we'll try to put together maybe a, a schedule for some of the things that we're going to watch. So mm -hmm. probably we'll watch Impulse. I think we should watch Impulse for people who can't make it to Shad Fest. Yeah, yeah. We, you know, we're going to have to, we've got so much stuff. <sighs> so much. And we have to watch the thing on E with the, the interview oh, out to Well, that's... That's a standard. Yeah. That's like the selected short that comes before the feature. <laughs> e, it'll be good. And we'll bring crap with us. We'll bring some of our artifacts, some of the history, mm -hmm. some of the gifts that we've given each other over the years. And you can see the spanking list up yeah, close and personal. Up close and personal. Maybe we could bring Big Cardboard Kirk. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. And, and there's going to be a lot of stuff. I don't know if he can stay up that late. If we bring him, we have to figure out how to dress him up. Yeah. Well, he's the birthday boy. That's true. With a little birthday hat. That's oh, just what I was thinking. That would be so we'll have a cake. There will be cake. <laughs> cake or, or death. death. Cake. Please. <laughs> so, so much going on, and we're a part of all of it. Oh, it's going to be great. Yes. I'm exhausted just from thinking about all that. I know. Now, um... Let's talk about, well, we've talked about us for 10 minutes. Let's talk about what Bill is up to these oh days. Oh, my God. Because he's up to everything. He's everywhere. And everything, and just unbelievable. Um, let me scroll here to what you had posted to the blog from the fan club. Yes. So, um, William Shatner's Raw Nerve, still continuing, still doing wacky, wacky interviews with people. Um, I'm going to do the best thing last. Okay. Um, he has two other series in the works. The first is a documentary called aftermath for Amy. Um, it deals with the aftermath of an incident three or four years after it occurred. Whatever that means. It sounds like Rescue 911, but post the 911. Mm -hmm. sort of. um, he will be hosting and producing a documentary called Weird or What for the Discovery Channel. And you know why it's called that? Um, why? Because they couldn't call it, what the fuck? <laughs> Great. What the fuck with the William Shatner? <laughs> but the most awesome thing that Bill is doing. This is so incredible. He is going to be the dad in the sitcom based on Shit My Dad Says. I know! Oh, it's so <laughs> awesome. The show is about a 29-year-old editor working for a magazine who moves back in with his parents and documents his father's statements and observations. And if you guys have not read any of that blog... It, it, this was one, I don't know if we've shared this on the air, but this one, one blog posting of shit this guy's dad says made me laugh so hard that I've told it to like every dog person I know, which is um, 
The backyard belongs to the dog. That's the rule. You shit somewhere, it's yours. <laughs> He's got quite a few things in there about the dog. Yes. And one of which was something like, the dog is not bored. Yeah. <laughs> it's a dog. <laughs> the most recent one on February 22nd says, a parent's only as good as their dumbest kid. If one wins a Nobel Prize, but the other gets robbed by a hooker, you fail. <laughs> kind of known a dad like that but yeah. not one who's as consistent and prolific <laughs> as this one it's so awesome it's so funny and i've been following this guy on twitter for months and months i and know we've talked about it on yes the show because it's just so awesome his on the, on the occasion of his birthday his dad says no presents god damn it i'm turning 74 i don't need you to commemorate that with a fucking barnes and noble gift card <laughs> Now, the only drawback is this show is not for cable. Uh, no. It's for CBS. So they have to change the title. And it's not going to be as... Shit my dad says. Shit my dad says. And they're not going to be able to say fuck and shit and everything like that. But um, I'm just really looking forward to it. It's great. Can I read one more about the Of poem? course. <clears throat> Been thinking for a while. And I'd say there's 1.5 pounds of shit in a dog. Tried to get the vet, the vet to weigh a sack of it. No dice. <laughs> Do you think that's how much shit is in your dog? I well, my dog's less. little. I think it's less. Less than that. I think it's less. But your that. average dog may be a pound and a half of shit at any given time. Well, you know, on a big dog, it could be 10 pounds. That's true. That's true. <laughs> I can't wait for this. Oh, it's it's okay. So awesome. Right now, we, it's not for sure that it's going to actually be picked, picked up. up. in Sometime in March, he will be filming the pilot. Mm -hmm. And if they have a brain, they will put it on. Oh, it's going to be great. I, when this was announced, it went around Twitter like wildfire. Everybody oh, I'm sure. Going, oh, my God. This is the most amazing thing ever. You know what I want to know? How does the real dad feel about being played by William, <gasps> William Shatner? Oh, my God. And who's playing the mom? Oh, I don't know. But, you know, I could imagine the dad saying, I don't give a fuck who plays me in this show as long as I get the check for it. <laughs> Which is very reminiscent of uh, what Gypsy Rose Lee said about Gypsy. Yes. Because they po it was pointed out to her, you know, this show is called Gypsy, but it's about Rose. It's about your mother. And she said, I don't care what it's about as long as I get paid and it's named Gypsy. <laughs> so, you know, that's a fine show business tradition. I, I agree. I agree. Oh. So it's awesome. And we'll be keeping you updated whenever we hear anything. Wouldn't it be good if Justin Long decided he was tired of movies <gasps> and went to play the kid? Oh, oh my God, that would be so. But he's got awesome. a pretty good movie he has career, a career going now. Oh. that would be awesome! Awesome. Well, and I'm thinking if this gets picked up, we really need to think about this. Um, if it actually, you know, gets picked up and they and they shoot and everything, next year might be a really good year to, to go to Shatner, Shatner Weekend. Weekend. Imagine if they got to go to a taping of the show. That's just what I'm thinking. Oh. I've never been to the taping of a sitcom. It's just like, you know, the visit to the set, aside from Bill and everything, the visit to the set was so fantastic. So That would be great. Yes. Oh, that's such big, wonderful news. <laughs> now, we'll wrap this up in a second, but I did want to mention one more thing that I posted to the blog yesterday, which was Bill made a video to Elizabeth Taylor in which... He's just kind of saying hi and telling her that he loves her body. And he says, this is better than a love letter. Yeah. I want to get together with you so we can chat, he says. 
we can talk about things. Like, what do they have to talk about? <laughs> well, it's like anybody on Raw Nerve. What does Bill have to talk about with yeah. them? But he always does. But um, I'm thinking a couple of things. First of all, I think he's trying to get her on Raw Nerve, yeah. although he makes the mistake so. of never saying that. Yeah. Um, I'm also thinking he had a fight with Liz. <gasps> And he made this to piss her off. Oh, well, that would do it, I think. <laughs> <laughs> um, what I found interesting in there was he was saying, we, um, we did meet once. Yeah. And I, I was expecting him to, to say something different than what he did because he was up for the role of Brick in Cat on oh, a Hot really? Tin Roof. Oh, yes. I didn't know that. And um, it eventually went to Paul Newman. And in those early days, he and Paul Newman were up for a lot oh, of the yeah. same roles. Yeah, can you imagine Bill in yeah. the Silver Chalice? Oh, God. That dreadful movie? Yes. But um, I don't know if he ever, like, read with her or mm-hmm. tested with her or, mm-hmm. or anything like that. But um, So they have Matt. Very interesting. Well, um, I think it would be fabulous, and I just have to read one of the comments on the blog from Margaret who said, What the hell? <laughs> um, what just happened? <laughs> did he or did he not say, I love your body? If he hasn't already, he's going to do her. You know he is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, now this raises an interesting question. Yes. We know when Bill does a TV show, does a movie, a play, as okay. he used to do, you know, that he would always do the, the leading lady and the other attractive actresses and the assistant director's girlfriend and things like that. Um, do you think he extended this courtesy to auditions? Oh, my. That's and an screen idea. tests? That's an idea. Um, well, if he, you mean if he had already been cast? No, he no, cast he's just there. Oh, he's just there? <laughs> I'm sure he took what he could get. <laughs> well, we've seen he was hitting on a casting director at Stratford. <laughs> I'm sure if he was reading for a role and he was reading with another actress and they finished at the same time and they were leaving together, yes. I mean, obviously, they're leaving at the same time and that's enough of a reason for them to get together mm-hmm. and have sex, that they were, you know, generally walking in the same direction at the same time. Well, and I think, and Bill has come very close to saying this, or he has pretty much said it, that work for him is a very sexual thing. Oh, yeah. And it, part of work for an actor is finding work, mm-hmm. you know, going to these auditions and stuff. So I'm sure that when he got there and when he did it and when he finished, he was up. He was on. Yeah. He was ready. He was, he was ready. So ready. So, so yes, I think so. Yes, I think so. I think he's a very generous man that way. <laughs> oh, hilarious. All right, let's take a little break, and then um, we're going to come back and talk about all this other stuff. Wait, can I? Oh, yes? Can we do the bad book so I can just get it out oh, of the way sure, before sure. I forget? Do the bad okay, book. okay. I, I bought this bad book. Oh, you brought it with you? Yes. Okay. And, um,. It's crappy. It's crappy writing in the milieu of Dan Brown crappy writing. And I knew it was going to be. But um, I want to read you the back blurb. Oh, please. So that you'll know, just from reading this, no one should buy this book, but I did. Mm -hmm. Okay. New York City's answer to Indiana Jones. (laughs) Professor Piers Knight is an esteemed curator at the renowned Brooklyn Museum, which I used to live near, and an expert on lost civilizations and arcane cultures. What his colleagues don't know is that Knight is also secretly proficient in mystic lore, potentially dangerous spells, and the uses of magical artifacts. He's Dr. Strange. Yes. Should a mysterious object surface, Professor Knight makes it his job to unlock its secrets and keep it out of dangerous hands. There's more, but that gives you the idea. Uh This is going to be crap. It's Uh called Brooklyn Knight. 
I want to read you the cover blurb. I know Henderson's expertise, his storytelling ability, and love of words. I believe you will enjoy this book. William Shatner. <gasps> so, first of all, it's a new media conquered. Oh blurb whore. Blurb whore. Like he read the book. Well, this is it. <laughs> Nowhere here does he even imply he has read the book or seen it or held it in his hands. Did you buy it because that, that blurb was on the cover? Yes. Wow. And I have to say, Bill, you're wrong. This 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 book is crap. But And I keep meaning to look this up. It's by C.J. Henderson. Is that one of Bill's ghosts? I don't know. Let me look it up. I'll okay, and I wanted to read you um, this really it just crappy sentence so you'll get the idea. Oh, my God. Because every chapter, and I think I read three, ends with this sort of crap. C.J. Henderson has written a number of books. Well, he's not getting any better. He has one called The Occult Detectives. Do we know? Oh, I guess, yes, by that quote that C.J. Henderson is, in fact, a man. Yes? Uh, I am guessing. When women write lousy books, it's not lousy like this is. <laughs> okay. Well, maybe I'll have to read you that first sample, but there was one. He's written, C.J. Henderson has written books starring Kolchak the Night Stalker. Okay. All right, I want to read you mm -hmm. the last paragraph of Chapter 3. Okay. And just about every chapter ends with something like this. If Bridget had chosen to only have dessert or to go directly to the museum, they would have avoided what would happen to them next. And with that one simple error was the entire world thrown down the path to the almost irresistible, inevitable destruction of the human race. That's chapter one. That's chapter three. <laughs> well, that's stupid. <laughs> well, you know, and it kind of reminded me of that was before six months later. It, it does, yes. Yeah, so he also used the word... A word I had never encountered before, but I'm assuming means gel-like. Mm -hmm. And it was um, gelic or gelid. Okay. I think <laughs> gelid is a word, but that's a really, it's like a scientific word. It's, yeah, it's like writing with your thesaurus. So anyway, Bill, you're wrong. This guy <laughs> does love words, especially words like gelid. But uh, I... That's too bad. I'm sorry you had to read a bad book because no, I didn't don't. read the whole book. Oh, I had you just a feeling. <laughs> no, I didn't even get that far. I think I stopped on page fifty or seventy-five or something. I went, okay, oh, I just can't. Do. That's so funny. I mean, you could just open it anywhere. Well, I don't. See and there's incredible POV switches. Uh, oh well, of course. And people thinking of themselves as the red-headed girl. Mm -hmm. You know. <laughs> well, that's just you know, that's a. Uh... Par for the course. Um, yes, yeah, so here I'm finding some information about um, C.J. Henderson. So hold on, and I'll tell you what the scoop is. I believe he has um, done some writing for Mr. Shatner. Uh, yes. Oh, here we go. I knew I knew this. Okay, what's, this, want, what's the scoop? Uh, here, so this is C.J. Henderson's website. Okay. We, and here's a blurb from September 30th, 2009. 
We won't waste a lot of time with chatter. You've seen the cover to CJ's upcoming William Shatner's Man of War, the comic based on the novel he did with Mr. Shatner. Okay. And remember, we looked at that comic and decided that it was horrible. <laughs> well, this is the horrible book. Yep. But um, well, so there's new Bill, media conquered. There's Bill doing a nice favor for a guy who ghost wrote a book for him, you uh -huh. know, giving him a cover blurb for it for something that he's never read and will never read. The thing is, I really like the 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 sneaky honesty of his mm -hmm. thing because you know I read something once about cover blurbs, and it's usually something you do because your agent or your publisher mm -hmm. asks you to to do them, and so. You know, most people really do try to make it sound like they loved the book. Mm -hmm. They read it. Mm -hmm. No. Bill's basically saying, um, they asked me to do this. I haven't read the book. I don't even really remember this guy, but I think I've worked with him. <laughs> I probably did his wife. So give, yeah. it a, give it a try. Yeah. You might like you it. You might like it. Or I believe you will enjoy I this book. I believe you will enjoy it. Anyway. My best, Bill. <laughs> I should say my best, <laughs> Yes. It cracked me the fuck up. Oh, me too. Oh, that just made me laugh and laugh and laugh. Oh. So anyway. All right, let's take a little breaky poo, and uh, then we'll we'll talk about more stuff. Okay. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the starship Enterprise. Its five-year mission to explore strange new worlds to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone before. What has Bill done for you lately? Comments to lookathisbutt.blogspot.com, email to lookathisbutt at gmail.com. This podcast recorded on a MacBook Pro with Audacity and GarageBand. This is TSFPN.com, the sci-fi podcast network. You've found the best podcasts in the universe. First, before we get to the, the thing that we want to talk about, we did want to mention um, the very, very sad news that Walter Koenig's son, Andrew, um, was unfortunately located, but he was dead yes. up in Vancouver. And everybody had been looking for him for quite a while because they feared for the worst, and unfortunately that happened. So that was very sad. That was very sad, and uh, I just, you know, I mean, we, we both, and I'm sure everybody just is, is thinking of his family mm -hmm. and hoping they can get through this. Yeah. It's a very difficult thing. Um, I hadn't known this, but I um, read on the Harlan Ellison boards, you know, Ellison and, and Walter are really good friends, mm -hmm. and that one of Ellison's story, which is called Jeff D. is Five, which is one of his best stories, mm -hmm. the, his original inspiration for the story, the little boy in the story, was, was Walter's son, Andrew. Really? Yeah, so that was, you know, it's a great story, and, and it's wonderful that he inspired that, and it's just, you know, so sad. He was very young and, yeah. you know, had a career and was doing lots of things and was apparently a very bright and creative guy, so it was sad. So, it was very sad. Yeah. Um, and just to change the, the subject into something a little more fun, speaking of Walter, um, I wanted to talk very briefly about the great clip that you posted to the blog. Now, I got that from... it. Uh, 
the person who 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 shot it mm -hmm. um it's one of our our fans you know sent mm -hmm. the link to me but it's i i think everybody who went to that con took pictures and, and shot movies yeah. because i've seen other films mm -hmm. from that con and i have the incredible picture of bill in the very very tight pants mm -hmm. from that one mm -hmm. and i kind of get the feeling that was his first con it, appearance it, it seemed like it um it's it's a great piece of film and it's shown up in a bunch of other places that immediately got posted to like all the star trek news mm -hmm. groups but um, my favorite part, which you mentioned in the note, and then I had to put an, a comment on the blog, <laughs> when they were talking about what was happening besides the stars coming out, is that, you know, when Walter was going through the lobby of the hotel, there was a woman who thought he was Davy Jones. <laughs> so we weren't even original no. when we yelled, we love you, Davy. Oh, man. He was just going, God damn it. Seven. <laughs> 40 years ago. It's still happening now. Can you imagine? Well, it was 1975. Yeah, yeah. Um, can you imagine how the others must have ragged on him oh, over that? Oh, my God. Um, and, and probably still do. Yes. You know, knowing yes. them. It just goes on and on. But. If we ever see him at a convention, we should ask him if he, just, you know, very innocently, has he ever been mistaken for Davy Jones? We should ask him. <laughs> that would be funny. But it's a great piece of video. And I swear, Bill looks so smug when he comes out. Mm -hmm. He's the last one to come out. And he just looks, he looks like the Pope. He's just like... Yes, it's a, my people, give me your adoration. It's a very Galaxy Quest thing. It completely is Galaxy Quest. Yep. <laughs> and I, I like the, the person who shot it. You know, it's silent. It's home uh -huh. movie. But he was doing the commentary. And I like that he pointed out things like, this is when Nimoy was in his I am not Spock phase. Yes. So that must have been re really strange to come mm -hmm. to a convention like that. And James Doohan, who had a piper. Going in front of him. Yes, a bagpiper. Back. And how he said Nichelle William or Nichelle Nichelle Nicole. <laughs> What's her name? Nichols. Thank you. <laughs> how he said Nichelle was all froed out. She was. <laughs> yeah, I she know. Had huge glasses. She's yeah. like Diana Ross. It was great. <laughs> so anyway, that was awesome. I'm I'm so glad that it, like it seems very suddenly in the last couple of years all these films and pictures and things from old old cons are kind of turning up on the internet. Well, now. you know, thank YouTube. Yeah, it's because true. now it. it's there's suddenly a very easy way to put these things out there and to share with people. And there's now I think fairly simplified technology yeah. for turning these things into web capable yep. movies and and clips. So, Ross, let's it, see more of that. It's awesome. Now, let me fix my microphone. Why does it keep falling over? Yours doesn't do that. Okay. Let's talk about this horrible movie that we just watched. Okay. First of all, I apologize. <laughs> Out of the whole huge list of things Lena has now that we could watch, I picked this. Well. And the reason was I had seen this screen cap where Bill's laying back in the dirt with a, a cowboy hat and his legs wide open. I said, let's watch that. Well, I actually think that clip or screen cap was from Kingdom uh, of the Spiders, Kingdom of the Spiders so? maybe. Right. So this was oh, well, you know, not as worse. I didn't fall asleep. It was a movie we'd been planning to watch for a long time and I'm glad we finally watched it. Now we never have to watch it again. That's right. That's I will right. only ever have it um, open on my computer one more time, which is to do a screen cap <laughs> Because Bill was showing some really nice basket in one, really inc one part. Incredibly clearly outlined. Yes. I mean, they could have just even, you know, drawn or painted around his pants yeah. or something. It was so clearly 
clearly outlined, but um, oh my God, what a dreadful movie. So uh, the, the plot of the movie is really, it's stupid, and I'll try and recap it as quickly as I can. It's all about these four guys, three of whom work at an advertising agency, and the other one is the client, and the client is a sociopathic rapist played by Andy Griffith. Um, Would-be rapist. Well, I... I don't think I have any doubts that he's actually <laughs> raped other women. Okay. Um, uh, and he basically says to them, um, you have to come on this stupid motorcycle trip with me from L.A. or San Diego down to, into Baja, California, or else I'll take my advertising elsewhere. So they have to agree to do it. And uh, the three people are Bill playing a guy who is losing his job at said agency and is um, despondent over a number of things, so he wants to kill himself. Then there's Robert Reed, who is the guy who's moving up on the totem pole. And then there's Marjo Gortner, who is already, he's, you know, from outer space just as a guy. And he plays, like, the creative dude in this movie. <laughs> this movie took place in 1974. It was filmed in 1974. And it just reeks of, like, the space hippies should have been in this movie. <laughs> I was waiting. I was waiting for Marjo to be like going, we reach when he was talking to me. Marjo looked like that one space he did. hippie. I, know I just he did realized. With the blonde hair. Yeah. Totally. So yeah, the little triangle thing. He should have been doing that. Okay. So they decide to do it, and um, just to add some additional spice, um, they're all having relationship problems, and Robert Reed's wife is played by Angie Dickinson, and she's been fucking Shatner. They've been right. having an affair. On and off the set. I uh, mean, as part of the well, script yeah, and, and also and being very method about it and fucking him. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I don't think there's any doubt that Bill was sleeping with all of the other women who were in this mm -hmm. movie. Uh, okay. So let's see. Um, Bill's wearing bad glasses when he's on his job. The and aviator. The, the worst toupee ever. And it, it gets so moving. bad. So very, very bad. And um, I actually, one of the reasons I wanted to see it was because Shatner's toupee had done... Um, a really good reporting of this. So I'll put in a link to okay. their, their good, because they've got some good screen caps also. Um, and let's see. So they were just talking about how bad his toupee is. Um, it's it's just so awful. Um, and they, they pointed out, here's a nice screen cap at the very end. When oh. He takes his helmet off and his hair is sort of blowing in the wind. And you can really see that, you know, it's a wig. Yes. It's just yes. so bad. Oh. Well, and there was a shot, too, in the middle of the movie where he took his helmet off. You know, they had stopped, and he took his helmet off. And then, like, they cut away from Bill to other people, and when they came back to him, they obviously had not said, hair and makeup person, get in there and kind of straighten that, because it was, it was all screwy. Oh. It was so, so horrible. It was just awful. So, okay. Um, there were so many weird things about this movie. Um, one of them was that when... Um, Bill, um, I forget his character's name, and it doesn't matter. It was Warren. Warren. Okay, when Bill's at home with his family, and he and his wife are getting their kids go going to school, he says to his kids, um, children. He calls them children. He addresses them as, as children. children. Yeah. Like, people don't do that. No. That's so odd. No. Who wrote this? Bad, bad dialogue. He did have a shirtless scene. Yeah. His chest was shaved. Whose idea was that? Why do you shave Bill Shatner's chest? It was so stupid. Um, there was an, uh, you know, we didn't actually get to see Angie and Bill really together. No. Which would have been nice. They were on the phone in mm -hmm. that one scene. But as you pointed out several times, Bill was wearing a shirt that looked remarkably like his captain's shirt. It was weird. It was, and Andy Griffith was wearing it too. Yeah. It, like, it, why the two of them were in, 
matching outfits was, was never explained. Really, really strange. Um, this movie had the worst movie music ever. I th very close to it then. If not okay, ever. There, there's some really, really bad music in White Comanche. That's true. <laughs> but the thing is, part of what made this movie so intolerable was it accompanies so many long scenes of nothing but riding motorcycles. So it was probably about 30 minutes of script that they padded into an hour and a half because of all these scenes of people riding motorcycles. And the motorcycle music is like bongos, and then I think it's Nigel Tufnell playing his guitar <laughs> with a rock or something. It's, it's so bad. It's just... Yeah, it could. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't even like to think about it. It was. And then there's dreadful. more music with a cat running on a piano. And, <laughs> and it's just so bad. Um, so then there is one fairly amusing scene. I I wish I had the ambition to put this into a YouTube clip when they're at some bar and there's a woman dancing in bad mariachi music and Marjo Gortner is acting like <laughs> what you said, a puppet on a string. I mean, he really it looks. Seriously, spastic, like he's having yes. a fit or something. Like and like he had, you know, just shoved sixteen ounces of cocaine up his nose, which may well have happened. Because oh, oh wow, he was he was just wild, and he wasn't that way the rest of no, the movie. It just in that one scene, it was so bad. It was so insane. And in addition to the bad, really bad guitar music. While we're watching these interminable scenes of people on their motorcycles, they're having voiceovers of scenes that we've already <laughs> seen. Right. And then there was one where it kept repeating the line, and so we just start saying it with it. Nothing more to live for. Nothing, Nothing more, to more to live, live for. for. Nothing more to live for. So bad. So the one amusing thing was that there were two points at which Bill turned into Captain Kirk. And the first one was outstanding. It was great. He just all of a sudden snapped into Kirk mode because he was, he was quizzing his uh, fellow motorcyclist uh, about lying about this mm -hmm. crime thing that happened. And it was great. It was just, it could have been out of, you know, court martial or something mm -hmm. like that. It was wonderful. It really he, was. He almost gave him the finger, but, you know, <laughs> the, the Bill finger pointing. And then, um, But he did do this. Yeah, he put his hand out It's, there. you know, the open hand for emphasis. Yeah. He did that. He did yeah. that. And then toward the end of the, uh, the movie, there was another scene where when he was telling Andy Griffith that he was going to go to the cops and, and rat on him, and he, he was like, but you killed those kids. <laughs> well, and, and <laughs> there were, to me, there were really two great moments. One is the Captain Kirk moment, uh -huh. of course. And the one is where we thought he and Andy Griffith were going to have a dance-off, but instead <laughs> they just rode off on their motorcycles and kicked at each other. But at one point, Andy Griffith drove Bill off the road, oh, ran no. him off the road, and so Bill and his motorcycle ended up in the bushes, and Bill hops up in his action pose, <laughs> then he leaps over his motorcycle, and then he leaps back <laughs> over it again. It was great. That is true. I had forgotten about that, but that was total action, Bill. It was oh, great. yeah. Total unnecessary leaping. You're right. It was a leap. It wasn't a jump. It was a leap. It was a leap. It was great. Oh, man, it was so bad. And then um, Andy Griffith dies and stuff And we all feel good end. about it. Yeah, that was pretty much it. But, you know, I have to say, um, Bill, for as bad as a movie that this was, his performance was actually pretty good for mm -hmm. the character that he was supposed to be. You, you know, can see that character, too, in his angst. Yes. Sort of edging towards Matt Stone yes. in Impulse. Yes. It could have easily And gone. I think it was the same toupee. 
it could it's probably just several years later like a lot yeah. rattier yeah um, it could easily have gone right over the edge but he was fairly restrained in his performance mm -hmm. so that, that was it, it was good um i will say one thing about the end though um which <laughs> surprised me a little bit so um bill comes home and he reconciles with his wife and then that's all happy and then robert reed comes home and he makes his his opening gesture to Angie Dickinson is kind of let, like let's reconcile too because they were mm -hmm. having problems and she says no I want a divorce I was like that's pretty good yeah uh, I'm really glad that she said that it didn't just go oh I'm so happy to have you back honey and then Marjo Gortner his girlfriend is there to to greet him and it had been established earlier in the movie that she was pregnant and I called that yes um, oh you were right on it and so she was debating about whether to keep the baby and now he's decided that they're gonna get married and have all these kids and it's revealed that she had an abortion so there is no baby anymore <laughs> and the weird thing is as the as the scene starts where he's going honey look yeah. I've decided we should get married we both said she had an abortion uh, yeah and then she goes well there is no baby anymore. And we both went, holy shit, because I couldn't believe we were right. And then we decided this little twist was called um, the abortion of the Magi. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. it wasn't really a gift. Um, but <laughs> it was kind of, you know, at least sometimes in those 70s movies, the women actually did the thing. Like, they had their own lives, and they made a decision, and it wasn't all about, like, what does my man want for me? Uh, well, and the other thing I was thinking, and this is something that runs through my mind periodically, is occasionally we will have a TV character... Um, become pregnant mm -hmm. and sometimes on cable such as sex in the city there's actually some discussion of having an abortion mm -hmm. and if you remember if you ever watched that Miranda did go mm -hmm. and then backed out at the last minute and I always thought okay yeah you can make that decision but I don't know for for all that you know it's 21st century now and blah 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 at least back in the 70s I mean Maude had an abortion yeah. and and sometimes People on TV actually did this. Yeah. You know, exercised their right to make a choice and make the decision mm -hmm. they felt was right mm -hmm. for them. Yeah. So this was this was really kind of stunning because even now, if, you know, somebody on TV is pregnant and is saying, I don't know if I'm going to keep the baby, I just go, you're going to keep it. Or she has a miscarriage. Or, yes, or she has an the, accident. The convenient yes. miscarriage. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, rarely do they make it. So I was actually happy to see that at the end mm -hmm. of the movie. So for all that it sucked and all of that, I was glad that the women actually had some spines at the end. And even... Bill's wife, I mean, it's revealed that she knows about the mm -hmm. affair, but she's just pretending that it doesn't exist. And she kind of goes through the reasons why, you know, she's putting up with him. She doesn't say it, but it's, mm -hmm. it's very clear. You know, she knows that he has these flaws, and she does put up listening to him, you know, blather on and on. But, you know, she loves him, and she accepts that. So. Well, she's kind of a dishrag. This she character is, she really is kind is. of a dishrag, but, you know, I was glad that the, the affair didn't come as a surprise to her. Mm-hmm. Because that would have been really bad. Like, yeah. How stupid do you have to yeah. be to not know that that's happening? Um, we got to talk about her a little, though. Her name came up on the screen at the beginning, yes. Lorraine Gary, and I knew that name. And then when they showed her, I went, oh, my God, that's the woman from Impulse. Mm -hmm. I was so sure she played um, the, the wealthy widow, divorcee, mm -hmm. whatever she was, that Bill was pursuing. And then towards the end, you decided she was Raina the robot. <laughs> she so, just looked like it. And so we finally looked it up, and she is neither of those things. So I read through her credits, and the only one I recognized, and I can't believe I remembered her name and her face from mm -hmm. this, is she played Roy Scheider's wife in Jaws. Mm -hmm. Now, I love Jaws. Mm -hmm. The wife is not a big, big deal. but no, she's a, Actually, she has a much bigger part in the book. 
Her character yes. is, is great. Oh, yeah. yes. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot going on with her. Yeah. But um, so we were wrong on that one. But, you know, like I say, Lena was, was so right on the pregnancy, <laughs> and we were both so right on the abortion. So yep. two out of three. That was good. So um, now we've watched it, and you never have to. So uh, I'm going to do that one screen cap of uh, Bill and his package because it was pretty impressive right there. Okay. And we should say, you know, they were walking around in these very ugly clothes for the rest of the movie. And unfortunately, the pants that they were wearing were like these padded leather pants. So you couldn't really see the shape very well. Yeah. And even though there were some butt shots of Bill, they weren't really good. No. We do have to talk about one other thing, though. A very primo and entertaining uh, Shatner <laughs> oh, swallow right. where swallow. he actually like puffs his cheeks out. <laughs> oh, it's so cute. And the best part was, and I really am going to make this into a gif <laughs> or something. So we're watching the movie and, and it's over. And we both get up to go to the bathroom because we've been sitting here for an hour and a half. And I, I'm, I'm looking at the computer and waiting for the credits to be over, realizing that they shot the whole thing in Arizona and not in Baja, Mexico. And then when the actual like cameraman credits are over, more credits start rolling, and they're showing Andy Griffith as with Andy Griffith as Sam Farragut. And then it gets to the Bill one, and the, the little clip that they chose to use for his credit was a swallow. Yes! <laughs> it was so funny! A Shatner oh, swallow. Oh, man. He, he had several swallows. There were a couple of um, swallows that got cut away in mm -hmm. mid-pan while yeah, he was drinking some us. wine at yeah. the beginning. Yeah, they just like... He took the mouthful, and then they cut to someone else talking. Mm -hmm. It's like, you can't do that. He even looked at the glass before he drank it, and then it cut away before yeah. he could complete the thing. So um, there, when he gets drunk and he passes out in this Mexican town, I was observing that Chatner's character is alone, and yet he is still doing the swallow. So it's kind of like one of those Zen riddles. Like, if if <laughs> okay. if there's a Shatner swallow and no one is around to to see it to hear it or view it is it still a Shatner swallow well yeah it is because he's Shatner and he's swallowing <laughs> and also because I I do not believe that it's something he consciously does really as an effect you I think, think so? you think that's just the way he does I think it? Bill gets up in the morning takes his orange juice Shatner swallows <gasps> coffee Shatner swallow brushes his teeth and uses his mouthwash maybe there's a Shatner spit I don't know but you know <sighs> I would like to think that. Yeah. He's... Now, I'm sure Bill loved doing so much of this movie just because of the riding around on the motorcycles. Oh, yeah, and, I'm sure. That's probably the like only that. reason why he did it. Yeah. And because oh. he got to bang those women. Right, right. Yeah. That's the uh, the silver lining um, to this horrible cloud. We should point out that the title, Pray for the Wildcats, I at one time thought, oh, this must be like an environmental thing. You know, they're endangered. <laughs> Um, the Wildcats is the name Andy Griffith gives the four of them and, and even has jackets. Yeah, nice jackets. Yeah. yeah, that's true. And Angie Dickinson says the title of the movie. Yes. So you got to give a movie like one point for actually incorporating the title into dialogue. <laughs> Must we? Yeah, Must well, we give it know, a point? <laughs> we have a title. Woo! So did you want to read something off Shatner's toupee that they um, said about this? Or? Let's, let's see. Uh, I was... Here's what they have to say, and I have to say I kindly, I kind of disagree with this, their assessment. Um, so they do say that um, the dialogue in this movie is so appallingly written that you almost feel Bill Shatner squirming as he tries to deliver it with conviction. <laughs> we know that the Shats is a guy who loves to dive into a project with the greatest of energy. However, in this movie, the actor's performance is strangely subdued, which we just yes, said. Yes. It is often observed that as Star Trek went downhill, Bill Shatner's performances became more bombastic, almost as if to compensate for the fall in quality, echoing a similar trick he had used to save the theatrical production of World of Suzy Wong mm -hmm. in his 50s. 
However, in Pray for the Wildcats, that energy is almost entirely absent. Save the opportunity to ride around on a motorbike and get paid for it. Bill Shatner seems thoroughly uninterested in this project. It is perhaps ironic that he is playing a character so distraught that he is planning to kill himself. See, I didn't really take his performance as being uninterested. Uh, no, but I do have to say this is right in the middle of what they call the lost years. Yeah, yeah. And, um, uh, you know, as he has said, and, and it might be true, we know how Bill makes things up, he really does not remember a lot of yeah, what happened. Mm -hmm. and It might have been drugs, but I think a lot of it was he really emotionally went into a, mm -hmm. a tailspin. Yeah. But I didn't feel like he was absent from the movie. I mean, he was subdued, but mm -hmm. that seemed to be the character that was written for him. Yeah. And the times when his character was shown to get his spine back when he turned into Captain Kirk, that was fine. Yeah, you know, he kind yeah. of did that. Well, you know, it's interesting. Um, this this character, as written, you know, is is very depressed and suicidal, mm -hmm. and that's very different from all the other roles mm -hmm. you normally associate with Bill. And it's quite possible that at that time, and, and I don't know the the Shatner's to pay people. Maybe they have not seen um, different levels of performance from mm -hmm. him. But remember, we talked so much about Boston Legal about oh, how yeah. beautifully he was just underplaying that Absolutely. and but bringing so much to it communicating so much with so little he is capable of that and I'm not saying he was doing that in this movie yeah but um I can almost see both sides of this coin okay um oh there was something in my head and it's just gone away about Bill uh oh, not really about Bill but I will say that um these guys work for an ad agency and the movie starts out with them giving their present their pitch to Andy Griffith and he mm -hmm. doesn't like it and it, it did ring true for me in many ways, doing creative services <laughs> stuff myself. When you're presenting stuff to the client and they go, I don't like it. And you go, okay, well, tell me what you don't like about it. And they go, well, it needs to be better. Yes, <laughs> okay. and that's pretty much what Andy Griffith was saying. Exactly. And I was like, oh, God, this is like real life. So. <laughs> How specific do you it's want it? Yeah. I don't like it. <laughs> it stinks. <laughs> I have to say what was cracking me up to, and I didn't mention this while we were watching, was, um, you know, Robert Reed, Mr. Mm -hmm. Brady Bunch. And the Brady Bunch he um, is an architect. Uh -huh. And I somehow was kind of relating his architect role to the advertising <laughs> role, kind of like, you know, from what we saw this guy, he had no creativity at all. Uh -huh. And I keep remembering in the first Brady Bunch movie, which is so funny, and mm -hmm. I think it's, no, it's not Gary Cole. Or maybe it is Gary Cole. Whoever's playing the Brady Bunch dad, mm -hmm. Mike. Yeah. Um, everything... He designs. He like designs a gas station, and he designs a, a a school and everything. They all have the exact same design as the Brady Bunch house, because <laughs> they made such a deal in the show about. And Mike designed the house himself. And I don't know why. I just sort of in in my whole mind this idea of this is how he deals with clients, and he's really not a creative guy. He's just sort of a you know, a uh -huh. <laughs> So true. There was one other thing in the movie that struck me as really funny, but I don't think it was supposed to be funny. It was when he, Robert Reed and Angie Dickinson are having breakfast and they're, they're fighting and he gets up to leave and she's sitting there reading the paper with her coffee in her hand. And just as he's packing up, she says, it's been grand. <laughs> and it was like, suddenly she was channeling Betty Davis. For uh, yeah. And, yeah. And, suddenly we're in Philadelphia <laughs> story or something. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that was supposed to be funny, but it, it struck me as highly amusing. It's been great. Well, and also because it didn't fit into no, not at all. anything they'd been saying or what he had just said. Yeah. And, 
Anyway, that was funny. All right, I'm going to read one more thing from Shatner's toupee. Okay. <clears throat> Uh, to add to the indignity, during the biking trip, Bill Shatner wears a gold top that very closely resembles his Star Trek uniform. This only serves to accentuate the contrast between how he looked back then, thinner with a better toupee, compared with 1974, the nadir of the Lost Years period. Bill Shatner's toupee is far too dark and far too thick, graying at the sides. It really is a chaotic mess for most of the movie. Indeed, it is almost serving to sabotage the film. <laughs> Don't take this project seriously, it appears to be saying. If Bill were really happy in this movie, would I be on his head making him look like this? <laughs> Bill's talking toupee! And it Maybe the toupee was what we were hearing and what we thought <gasps> were those voiceovers. That's true. And it works, too. The toupee distracts the eyes. It is telling the viewer that Bill Shatner is feeling unreal, lost, dismayed, depressed. John Lennon sang Help when Life in the Beatles was getting too much for him. Well, the toupee in Pray for the Wildcats is Bill Shatner's equivalent of that. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. And then he moved on to Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. Uh, that, that is very funny. Yep. Yeah, so, okay, I'm sorry for making us watch this. Oh, it's okay. It, you know, we got to watch these things. Yeah. I think we have to. All right. Um, we did get to see a little bit of Captain Kirk, a little bit of Action Shatner, and some swallows, yeah. and a huge basket. Oh, yeah, big basket. Let's do one more quick thing, and then okay. I think we'll wrap this show up because this is about the right time. Okay. Um, I wanted to say that I had posted to the blog um, the very short clip of the uh, alternate opening to Where No Man Has Gone Before, which included the Mitchell Strut down the yes. corner. Now, you know, we've talked about it so many times. Now you can see it, see Yay. what we're talking about. And, you know, it's so good. It's, you know, there's a red alert, and everybody's running around, and they're all very busy, and he's just taking his sweet time sashaying down the corridor, checking out all the women who are walking mm -hmm. past him. It's hilarious. And not even being subtle. No! Just, like... He was like young douchey Kurt. <laughs> he kind of was, yeah. yeah. So, the best part is, people left comments on the blog, and I want to read them um, in reverse order. So, Frederick says... Um, Gary Mitchell and Kirk could never have served long on the same ship. Gary was too much like Kirk, only unrestrained by expectations of command. He was dangerous even before the transformation. That's a very astute observation. It's very interesting, yeah. yes. So, that was good. Commodore Mendez says, does Gary Mitchell have a blog dedicated to his rear end? Of course not. He never had a chance. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Commodore Mendez. But the best comment comes from Maynard, and he says... With all those sirens and running around and the guy in the firefighting suit, it reminds me of Get Smart, whenever the chief or Max would trigger the highest state of alert. <laughs> That's so right. It so reminds me of Get Smart. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> and they get into the turbo loop yes. and it goes boom. <laughs> awesome observation. That's wonderful. I love that. So that Maynard, that made me laugh and laugh and laugh and laugh. <laughs> Well, and you can hear me laughing oh, now. No, Get great. smart. Sorry, Gary Mitchell. Black <laughs> <laughs> one. Oh, okay, totally awesome. Uh, okay, well, let's let's bring this to a close. Okay. I think we've um, we've done enough with this. So we have so much more stuff to talk about, more things to watch and go over and review and. Thank you guys for all of the great email that you've been sending. Yes. So many good things. Oh, and I will say, um, we didn't get to talk about Beat the Clock in this episode, but we're going to talk about it in the next one. Yes, we are. And, and just a reminder, um, go become a fan of ours on Facebook. Facebook. We will be sending out, um, of course we'll be posting the blog, but we will also be sending out announcements on mm -hmm. Facebook and as we get details about 
all our upcoming things, which reminds me very soon when we finish here, I'm going to have to, you know, send out the Shatmoy announcement so people oh, can yeah, make their yeah. plans to be at the Shatmoy party. Yes. And we will be singing at least one Shatmoy carol. Yeah. And, and uh, there's going to be cake. And there's going to be cake. And we might even share around some of that raw meal nail that's been sitting in my cupboard. Yeah, somebody can definitely have my, my <laughs> share of that. Very good. All right, then. Um, so let's wrap it up, and, and we'll be back next time with all new stuff. Thank you.